Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Phil Hughes. And I'm Jen Doherty. We're the creators of The Workshop Presents. And you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. It's half past the hour now, and we're going to go ahead and listen to some greatest hits from those golden oldies. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you thought it was a, a different type of show for a second there, did you? Uh, you know, maybe 112 episodes in, I should change the format. Nah, I'll keep it how it is. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to talk about Into the Night on Netflix, so spoiler alert. Go ahead, watch it, come back, and you're back. Okay, uh, you know, so uh, in Into the Night was a, you know, it was taking the world by storm maybe April or May or sometime when the whole COVID thing first started happening. I remember my wife and I were still working from home when we watched it. We watched it a while ago, and, and yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it, and I'm going to have to talk about it, so maybe I don't remember everything quite right, so if I make a mistake, let me know, but... You know, a little behind the scenes of how this works. I have a giant list of all the stuff I have yet to see. So a big list of stuff that I, you know, am going to watch one day. And then I have a list of stuff that I've already watched, but I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. And sometimes I need to dip into that list of stuff that I've already watched uh, because I don't have anything quite new. In fact, to kind of give you another behind-the-scenes thing, I just did the Dark interview, or interview, no, the Dark review, sorry. Uh, I just did the Dark review uh, about maybe 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so the, the episode you, you heard where I talked about Dark, I actually literally just recorded that. And, and as far as when did I watch that, I, I finished it last night. So, you know, Dark was really quick for me to talk about because I really wanted to talk about it especially with something so complicated where it's into the night I didn't really see the need to run down and do a review uh, right away because it wasn't too complicated of a story but it was very good uh, so uh, you know apparently this is uh, gonna be my two back-to-back of foreign language uh, uh, Netflix series uh, this one was in French but it also is in just about every other language too one of the things that was interesting about into the night, or, yeah, Into the Night, was that uh, 
its main language was French, but the people spoke lots of different languages. So when you're watching the subtitles, it would say like, you know, in Russian, in English, in, you know, and me really only speaking English. I, I, I took a little bit of French in high school. Uh, I went to Germany. I, I've been to Japan. You know, I, when you're in another country, you kind of pick up things, but by no means I could say that uh, I would know it. But I would, I, you know, I, in the countries I've been to, it's like, I know words. I hear, I can hear a word. Like, ah, I remember that word, you know, <laughs> but and maybe if I was there long enough, I could eventually learn it. But, uh, and then my French in high school, man, I was in high school. I don't even know. I can't even tell you. Like, I know we watched Three Men and a Baby in French. Except it was like the French one. Like, Three Men and a Baby is like a French movie before it was a, an American movie. And we couldn't just, like, watch the French movie. We had to, like, <laughs> recast it with Americans, by the way. So there's a whole French version of it. Uh, I, I don't think we do that now quite so much. I think with Netflix, people are... Or more okay with watching the non-American version of whatever they like. So, you know, Into the Night, if it had been made 20 years ago, maybe there would be Into the Night American version. <laughs> but we get the French version because we're okay with that now because we have subtitles. We could turn them on, and that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Into the Night is one of those kind of premise uh, series. It's about six episodes, I believe, uh, where... It's just a it's just a premise. Uh, it's just an idea. And what really kind of made me interested in it is it is I thought it was going to be kind of like the Langoliers, uh, which the Langoliers was a Stephen King novel that they also made into a TV show in the '90s, and the whole Langoliers is like kind of hilariously bad, and and it even literally ends on a, a freeze frame where the guy's going yeah. So, so literally, there's a freeze frame where it ends on the guy goes, yeah, and the freeze frame on them going, yeah. Like, it has that ending. That's how amazing that is. Uh, so if you want to see an original 80s freeze frame ending where people are going, yeah, or maybe 90s, I forget what it is. Anyways, if you want to see an original freeze frame ending, watch Langoliers. Yeah, and you'll get that ending. But uh, as far as uh, Into the Night, it's, you know, obviously made here in 2020, well, probably in 2019. I'm sure all the new television that was coming out was probably filmed either very early 2020 or in 2019. They just hadn't planned on releasing it yet. You know, like, like I imagine all, anything that you see that's new is probably, you know, either filmed earlier or they might, like, I might, prediction is because of COVID-19, you're going to see a bunch of movies that have very few characters and that take place in very few locations. And the reason why is because you could do that, right? With the whole social distancing rules and the whole like not exposing your people to too much risk. You could basically film like an axe murder cabin movie if you take your entire, you know, film crew down to a cabin and all your actors down to a cabin and just have them stay at the cabin the entire time you're filming the movie, right? You could basically say, we're all going to quarantine together, and as part of our quarantine, we're going to make this movie. <laughs> so, you know, I imagine you're going to see more limited characters, limited set uh, movies. Uh, and, and that's the way things were going, uh, honestly, uh, when you see movies nowadays where they have limited sets and limited characters because it's cheaper as a 
filmmaking perspective, if you have few characters and few locations, you don't spend as much money because each time you go to a different location, you have to go ahead and set up everything anew. Every person you have there costs a lot of money to be there if you're paying union wages, especially. Uh, so, you know, uh, we've already saw that cheap movies are being made with that. Now I think that's just going to amplify that effect and you'll see a whole lot more of them come out. Uh, but with that being said, Into the Night isn't one of those. It actually, yes, it had this plane that was the set for the most of the series, but they did stop at a lot of airports along the way, and they did stop in locations, and sometimes even went out into the town, so they did have to go other locations, and they had quite a big cast of characters, nowhere near the size of Dark. Like, it wasn't like, there's 25 people, and they're all somehow related to each other's grandmother. No, it was just pretty straightforward. Uh, the premise of Into the Night is basically the sun, as soon as it rises, it kills everyone. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. The sun rises and everyone dies. So what are these people doing on the plane, you ask? Well, they're out running the sun, right? If you fly uh, a certain direction on the planet, then you'll never see the sunrise, right? Because you could always stay in the night. Planes fly fast enough to do that. And of course, you have to stop and refuel, and that's where the whole scenes of them going into town and to airports is because, you know, every time they land, they got to scramble to find more fuel and food and then get back in their plane and keep flying. And so it's kind of an interesting series in the sense that when you when it first starts, you think it's going to be a very uh, classic uh, plane-jacking narrative, right? Some kook jumps on the plane with a machine gun. Uh, and he gets the machine gun, by the way, because he, like, basically punches out, you know, there's a guy, a, a guard at the airport with a machine gun, you know, like, go back to 9-11 days when you'd see, like, military officers with a machine gun standing around at the airport. Well, the premise is the guy not clocks one of those dudes, grabs his machine gun and runs on the plane and tells, you know, uh, turn this plane around, we're going to Canada. Like, originally they were going to Russia and he, you know, they're going from Belgium to Russia, and, and the guy's like, no, we're going to Canada. And the reason they're doing that is because, once again, they're outrunning the sun. And later on, he, you, you find out that he was in the UN meeting or something like that. I think it's the UN, <laughs> where they discuss this event from the sun happening and just literally people dropping dead as soon as the sun rises. And, of course, whenever you watch a premise movie like that, you think, you know, I wonder if I could survive this. Because my first immediate thought was, you know, I can survive in my own house. Like, my wife and I were talking about that. We live in this cool house in Montana, and we have a basement. And there's actually a closet that's under the stairs uh, that doesn't get any sunlight at all. So we could literally hide out in that closet during the day, and then, you know, when we have enough time at night, just take all the basement windows and, you know... Uh, put tinfoil on them or, you know, boards over them or, or block out the light. Uh, of course, then you, you later find out that it's gamma radiation or something like that from the sun, like the sun's emitting gamma rays and it could go through like, like shelters and buildings and even if you're inside, you would die. So, you know, they, they kind of make it to where like humanity's dead. They can't even hide out in a building. Now, Later on, you find out that, well, if they're in a bunker that's deep enough underground, they can survive. And so 
that becomes the sort of race is that, you know, because it's radiation, they start finding that the jet fuel, unless it's stored underground, uh, <laughs> it's not working. So they got to find underground tanks to get their jet fuel. And then they realize that a lot of the airports are being looted because there's other jets flying around with the same idea of just outrunning the sun. So they eventually realize that they have limited resources and limited amount of time they can do this before they just die. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're collecting their resources and, and kind of going along. And then eventually they, they find, you know, oh, there's a bunker over here. If we could just make it to the bunker, we'll survive. Uh, and of course there's the classic in, in one of these movies, there's the classic, like, like people have backgrounds and you wonder if one person is going to cause trouble for the group. Like the guy that initially gets on the plane, once they find out that he had a really good reason for hijacking the plane and, <laughs> and coming on, they all kind of buddy up to him and like, yeah, you saved us, you know? But then there's this other guy that he's kind of like the Daryl of the series. I'm talking Daryl from Walking Dead. So I have a theory, you know, there's a Daryl of every, uh, <laughs> of every series, every, every like end of the world apocalypse, there's going to be a Daryl. And, and the Daryl is basically the most useful person around. It's, it's the person you want to have with you in the apocalypse, right? So, so <laughs> there's always a Daryl out there and, uh, you know, the Daryl's the one that could basically do everything. <laughs> and, uh, there's this one guy, he's a Turkish guy and, uh, He's basically, you know, a badass. He like, like disarms the guy with the machine gun with his fists, you know, like, like, like he turns out to be just incredibly useful. And it's like, well, he's the Daryl of the series. And of course, I don't know, racism, uh, something they eventually turn on him. I'm like, man, you guys are, that's your Daryl. How can you do that? But then they find out that he's still <laughs> a good guy and, and, you know, it, it all works out in the end. But, uh, <laughs> there, there was a moment where you thought they were gonna like, like kill their or their Daryl died, and you're like, man, you guys are screwed. You don't have Daryl anymore. I mean, imagine in The Walking Dead if they didn't have Daryl, if they killed Daryl in, the, in like the first couple episodes, yeah, they'd, they'd be screwed. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so you know, they uh, they uh, eventually do find a place to stay, and then uh, you you know. One of the guys that's causing problems, they eventually have to leave him behind, chained to a, you know, a, a, a post, and, and uh, you know, he dies from the sun coming up, and you kind of see how it happens. Uh, so eventually they do kind of explain everything, why it's happening, and then they, of course, leave that door open for season two, because they get to their bunker, and, you know, the person in the bunker goes to kind of the main character, and he walks up to her, and he's like, you're so-and-so, right? We want you to, we need you to help us fix the sun. <laughs> you know, so I imagine the next season is about fixing the sun, whatever that entails. <laughs> uh, you know, but overall, I would say it's a very entertaining, kind of keep you on the edge of your seat uh, uh, show. I recommend it. The one thing that I am going to tell you now is that the pilot kind of like, looks like Rowan Atkinson, the guy that plays Mr. Bean. <laughs> he's not, you know, he's some French actor, but he looks so much like Mr. Bean that I just can't help but think it's like, like Mr. Bean that's flying that plane. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I put that in your head, so now you can't get it out. You're going to think Mr. Bean the entire time. All right, well, there you go. Enjoy Into the Night. 
And, uh, you know, if people start dropping dead when the sun uh, comes up, I say still do the basement thing anyways, man, because I was thinking about it. With gamma radiation, there is a way to survive it, right? Even if it's gamma radiation, you can you can put up, uh, you know, lead <laughs> or, or, you know, actually... It's, it is really true that, uh, you know, a lot of the radiation from a nuke has to hit you dead on in order to really be effective. So the, the idea is, is that, you know, if you are sitting in a ditch, let's say, and there's no protection overhead, it's just like a ditch with, you know, concrete on both sides. Uh, if the blast goes over your head, there's a good chance you'll survive only because the lethal radiation dose would have went over your head. Now, you might get some radiation from thereafter, from fallout, and, and eventually you'll die some miserable death in 30 years. But you'll survive for the initial blast, uh, so people do survive when nukes go off. Uh, just like you could probably, you know, the sun started emitting gamma rays, you could probably survive that if you, if you had a, a basement, I'm guessing. And, and I, I, you know, it'd be fun to look it up to maybe see how much protection you would need between you and the gamma rays. But I imagine that with all, like, you know, the, the dirt that's around my basement and stuff like that, that I bet if we go in that closet, we could, we could survive. And if you could survive one night, you could survive the others because you can start coming out at night uh, to, to, to prep, you know, for your apocalypse. So, yeah, apocalypse preppers rejoice. Uh, another apocalypse to prep for. Exciting! Anyways, uh, have a good night, and uh, yeah, be careful with gamma radiation, because it's either going to kill you or turn you into a mutant, and you'll get powers. I think that's what happened in Into the Night. Everyone just got powers and blew away. Anyways, have a good night.